This is Philip A. Janselmo, and you are listening to Talk To Me with Joshua. Fucking Toomey, Josh Toomey. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Talk To Me. This is episode 212. The guest this week is Michael Gilbert of Flotsam and Jetsam. They have a great new album out called The End of Chaos. It was released back in January, and it holds up. It is so good. The songs I saw them play live were amazing. So make sure and check out The End of Chaos out now on uh, all of your streaming platforms or go pick up a physical copy where you can. And like I said, uh, they came through town a few weeks ago and I got a chance to go sit down with Michael Gilbert on their bus. So yes, you get some of our famous bus hum in the background of this interview, but it's not so bad. So uh, it was a good time sitting and chatting with Michael and a quick chat. And we also have, you guys know that the Talk To Me podcast is also live Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern on uncontrollednoise.com. The links are on the Facebook page. I'll retweet them on Twitter, all that stuff. But uh, make sure to check it out, uncontrollednoise.com. It's uh, it's not the podcast in its entirety. It's more of a music-based show, still under the same name, because that's my name. And uh, we, we have special guests on there and play music and all that good stuff. So I've got my segment with Baco from Cobras and Fire. I will be playing as kind of a precursor to uh, to what we do over on the live Talk To Me show over on uncontrollednoise.com. And as you guys know, the Talk To Me podcast is brought to you by our good friend Scott Bowling. Yes, good company with Bowling down in Atlanta, Georgia. So much good stuff going on over there. I will play the bumper now. My name is Scott Bowling. I have a show called Good Company. Good Company is a show where we film artists in the rock genre and we talk about their first record all the way to where they are now. We've interviewed bands like Korn and Seven Us and Rich Ward. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook under Good Company or Good Company with Bowling. So please, if you get a chance, check it out. Good Company! And once again, just a huge thank you to Scott for sponsoring the show for so long and to helping out with show costs, production costs, all that good stuff. And make sure you're checking out Good Company with Bowling and letting him know that the Talk To Me podcast sent you. So up first, we are going to chat with Baco from Cobras and Fire. Get into some Flotsam and Jetsam, some classic Flotsam and Jetsam. Talk to Michael Gilbert of Flotsam and Jetsam. And then I will play a couple of the tunes and talk to you guys momentarily. You are listening to Talk To Me on Uncontrolled Noise. All right, guys, you got to love some Sepultura live here on Uncontrolled Noise. Talk to me live, Uncontrolled Noise. So let's see if we can get Baco on the line here. Let's see here, a little Skype action. Hello, Baco. Hey, man. All right. We we have a connection. Oh, my God. <laughs> are we live? We are live. You are live on Talk To Me on Uncontrolled Noise. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, a little aroused. Uh, I don't know, about a half chub. Half chub? I see that... Uh, I see that hollow deal might be going from six to midnight with this uh, the Sharon, <laughs> Sharon Osborne uh, uh, face. What, is is she getting it? It says she's getting a new face. I obviously didn't open it up, but is she getting some plastic surgery? What's going on? Yeah, apparently another facelift is is in the works. So, um, you know, and you know, hollow. We we've uh, made some uh, jokes on the show that uh, 
you know, Dio was secretly banging Sharon behind <laughs> Ozzy's back. And, uh, well, now the hologram Dio is happy to uh, step in. Man, I can't believe it. I'm so I'm so excited for Hollow Dio. Yeah, is it coming your way? No, I'm saying I'm excited for him that she's getting a facelift. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's finally going to get some. Yeah, but you know, he wasn't interested unless she was going to, you know, tighten things up a little bit. <laughs> Got to do a little repair, you know. You can't just go through life without doing a little uh, little work here and there. She's she's probably what in her 60s. Oh, at least, and you know, and Hollow Dio has standards. <laughs> Very <laughs> high standards at that. Hollow junk into any old crevice, you know. It's you don't want to get like a hollow STD, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's it been going, man? It's uh, it's good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Toomey. I haven't talked to you in a little while. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you know you've you've pretty much taken a break from Cobras and Fire for like two weeks now, so uh, <laughs> so my my Baco uh, you know isms is uh, very low. Yeah, you know we were uh, we were riding high there, and then uh, yeah, I got hit with some kind of funky thing that I'm still kind of coming out of a little bit, but uh, yeah, uh, fear not. Uh, the full on Cobras and Fire returns next Tuesday. We have a fantastic episode all lined up. Uh, and also, uh, Luce just did a uh, great interview with John Karabi, which was our episode this week. So, yeah, uh, he did a great job. I actually, uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny, you know, but you were listening to the uh, uh, the the throwback Bruce Kulik interview, and you know, he came out of the gate really good at interviews. I was really surprised to kind of go back and listen, you know, because mm. I, most people go back and listen to the early stuff, and it's kind of cringeworthy. But uh, you know, kind of listening to it again, you're like, man, Luce came out the came out the cannon. Uh, you know, uh, firing on all cylinders or something, you know, I, I totally agree. I mean, it, it, uh, it was only by more happenstance that I ended up doing like a pretty much a full run of 2018 where he didn't do any inter- interviews. Um, you know, cause we try to share him as much as we can, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I he's, he seems like he's got a knack for it. So the actual talk to me podcast guest that I was released today was, Chris Sinzak, Decibel Geek Podcast, Rock and Pod Expo. Uh, I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah, he he does good stuff. He does good work, and um, uh, it's it was announced on that episode that I've uh, I've officially thrown down my ducats and will be at the Rock and Pod Expo 2019, and uh, hopefully get to hang out with uh, with one uh, Baco man. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, hopefully our tables are close again this year, and uh, <laughs> um, uh, we'll. Uh, yeah, of course we're gonna spend some time. We'll get uh, we'll get a chance to catch up. It's always good to, to to meet up with all the podcasters that I've gotten to know through the last couple of years of the Rock and Pod. But uh, yeah, you and I have kind of struck up a friendship before all that, so it's it's always good to to spend any time with you. I can because you know just a, a huge man crush, buddy. <laughs> well, you're already on the show. You don't have to kiss my ass any more than you already are. So, all right. Well, <laughs> if my wife is listening, at least uh, now I can move on. <laughs> You're going to check out some of that Nashville squish? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, she needs to come down, too. You know, she can check it out, too. Oh, uh, hey, man. Uh, that maybe that's maybe your thing, but, you know, it's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's a couple days where I get to hang out with my bros. Right. Bro down. The bro down, yeah. Cool. No, I'm looking forward to it. You got anything special planned? or? Uh, Nothing so far. I mean, you know, it's the... Uh, 
like I said, I just now finally, you know, uh, mustered up the cash to, to, to sign up for it this year. And, right. uh, you know, it's, it's, it'll all come together. You know, like you, you know how I do, I fly by the seat of my pants with the show and, and, uh, life and everything else. So yeah, you show up with your hat backwards and two microphones. You're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else pulled out like all this gear and I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta zoom in two microphones. Let's see what we can do. Uh, well, last year you and I crammed into our own little booth. We shared that. That worked out okay. Yeah, I was about to say we couldn't get any closer <laughs> tables <laughs> as last year because. Uh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, the year before our tables were were uh, sort of next to each other, but yeah, last year we were uh, because uh, I, I went sands loose. Uh, you and I shared a booth. Yeah, absolutely, man. That was uh, absolutely drink, right? Absolutely drink. Yeah, that is the worst. Uh, the worst thing when I'm editing podcasts, I say absolutely so much. I edit a lot of those out, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a hard word to uh, to get away from. Yeah, it, it is. Another one for me is indeed. For whatever reason, I like to throw that one around. Apparently, that sounds uh, better than yes. Uh. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's funny. Uh, but- the uh, yeah, those little words like that. But I, I think I'd rather get like my own word, like indeed. You know, you mm. could you could make a shirt out of that, but uh, but you know when you yep. say you say absolutely every other time, uh, that's like everybody, every interviewer ever, absolutely, absolutely. So with this new album, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, absolutely, yeah. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so you want to get into a little news while we're at it? Yeah. What's so what's on your docket there? All right. <laughs> well, there's some dock in on this. Uh, <laughs> Blabbermouth reports Slipknot's Corey Taylor says he blew out his left testicle while singing. Uh, the story says Slipknot frontman Corey Taylor claims to have suffered an unfortunate injury less than a month after undergoing surgery on both knees. The singer took to Twitter on Wednesday, May 29th, to say that he blew out a testicle while practicing vocals for Slipknot's upcoming European tour, which kicks off next week at Rockfest in somewhere in Finland. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Uh, he wrote, Working on my 87 Dokken high notes this morning, fucked around and blew out the left testicle. Careful on the re-entry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then he added the hashtags, Kiss of Death and Piss in Blood. So how do you, do you, do you feel like this is any kind of truth? No, it's just a goofy tweet from uh, Corey, but uh, uh, I would like to tease a little bit that uh, on an upcoming episode of Cobras and Fire, we will be uh, having uh, an exclusive interview with his right testicle, (laughs) who has, uh, you know, basically a breakdown of the whole thing. No, I mean, to me, this almost validates, like, you know, because people, Corey gets a lot of shit. It's like, oh, of course, what does Corey Taylor think anytime he makes a blabbermouth headline? But the fact that this was picked up by blabbermouth brave words, other media outlets, iHeartRadio, I think, picked it up. <laughs> it, it just and it's just a jokey tweet, right? Or, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it, it, Ron Keel said they took my balls out on my show. It'd be like if 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 Blabbermouth ran with that and said Ron Keel's balls were taken out by Emerald Sabbath. <laughs> right. it, it's it's he's just making a joke, people, and 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 it just proves that like if you want a headline, just get Corey Taylor to say it. And then if you uh, over oh, what the, a headline! No, that's a great headline, and it's it's funny that they actually run with stuff like that because I mean I think that's like a joke tweet that you know you and I might write too, so it's not like uh, yeah. It's not too crazy, but uh, but from the official Dokken page, 
Don <laughs> Don posted uh, Don sends his sympathies to Corey. So so Dawkins. I mean the the only winner in all of this is going to be Dawkins because. You know, the, the mighty Slipknot maggot army is now going to want to find out who this Dokken is. And uh, they're going to go back and then uh, a resurgence in Dokken and the uh, corpse of Dokken is going to uh, explode back <laughs> onto the scene. Well, what happened to Dokken's voice? And did he actually cut his testicles off and eat them? Because uh, <laughs> he can't hit those notes anymore either. <laughs> yeah. and, and it sounds like something's logged in his throat is where I was going there. Yeah, I'm sure. That, I'm sure Don Dokken has no testicles at this point, so uh, so he can no. That's why he can no longer hit the high notes. Uh, they they uh, they what's that? Uh, they, they 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 rotted and fell off the corpse. So <laughs> the uh, the wife of Dokken now carries them around in her purse, which oh. she has done since uh, since about 1993, probably. Uh, he's had to have at least eight wives since then. <laughs> You know, it's funny listening to a uh, classic metal show. They talk a lot about Don and uh, I guess Don Dawkins lives in like the Beverly Hills, the Hills of Beverly or wherever near Gene Simmons. And I'm like, how, how does Don Dawkins have the money to live anywhere near Gene Simmons? That just does not make any sense to me. You can park the Winnebago anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, it's it's a nice Winnebago by the uh, Starbucks uh, dumpster in the back there, you know, down the hill from uh, from Gene's house. Yeah, yeah he's like uh, living in one of those uh, like uh, camper trailers that uh, uh, Mel Gibson did in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I'm getting in too Gene's old for backyard. I'm getting too old for this shit, Baco. He cleans Gene's office to, for rent or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in another and uh, in, in some more pressing headlines, uh, it looks like Vinny Vincent's not doing his show like we all we all knew he was going to play it. So I don't know what happened. It must have been a, <laughs> it must have really been the promoter this time. I heard something really like uh, it sounds almost unbelievable, but like only like eight or twelve tickets or something like that were sold to the thing. Yeah, there was uh, supposedly a guy, I guess there were 60 tickets available, and yep. about a week ago, a guy went on and he tried to buy 60, couldn't do it, buy, you know, he entered 59, couldn't do it. I think he got to like 52, and he could do it, so yeah, it's uh, it's an insane story, and I think you and I have talked about this on here, on your show, on my show, yeah. on Chris's show, on the Decibel Geek Podcast, like, he had the world, like, in the palm of his hand, ready to come back and be, you know, the return of Vinnie Vincent. And he came back and did exactly what he, uh, he, he did the first time and almost did it like tenfold this time. You know, he, uh, he pissed off everyone that likes him, all the podcasts that would be in his corner, all the fans that continue to buy these stupid, you know, uh, live show packages and, uh, you know, going to Memphis to see the show two nights in Memphis down to 60 seats in Nashville. And it's just like, he just continues to, to shoot himself in the foot. Yeah. And and, and he validated every criticism that, uh, there was at least, you can almost make a devil's advocate argument in his favor, you know, because we didn't know because he was in hiding and it's like, well, you know, maybe Gene and Paul are dicks, and maybe all this stuff. He, he, you know, we know firsthand now that like this guy is as shady as he's ever been portrayed. Uh, and it sounds like, at least with this last time, like basically even his biggest fans are are going. Eh, I don't think so, Vinny. Uh, yeah, you're right. He pissed off the one group of people that were giving him any pub 
when he came back and he had kind of a, a nice little love affair with, with the fans again after Atlanta. Um, and that's the podcasters. So, you know, and he, he uh, you know, went after, you know, a friend of ours, Chris Sinzak, with a pretty much a bunch of unfounded allegations and then continued to fuck over, you know, people, you know, left and right, basically. Taking money, taking money from promoters. Uh, he keeps working with this Derek Christopher guy who's got a bit of a sketchy background. Uh, but I, I don't know that he was the, the, the problem here, but I just know that he has had unsatisfied customers pretty much everywhere he's went. Yeah, and I will say that uh, he probably has zero testicles at this time also. So, <laughs> but that Is was, that a pantsuit joke? That might have been a surgery that was uh, an elective. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know that that stuff aside, though, who cares? You know, I mean, do what you want to do. You know, I. But you, you you had the love and adoration of people that did care about you and, and didn't forget about you. And then, like the, I mean, I just don't get it because nobody was talking about Vinnie Vincent other than podcasts. Yeah. And so, what does he do? He pisses off all the podcasts. <laughs> the the uh, you know you're you're a guitar player, and I've fiddled around with a guitar here and there. Seeing him play with that uh, that four by fate when he got up with them, and I I just don't think he can play. Like I, I you know I think the um, any of these shows should have been hyped up with a with a thirty second Instagram video of you know yeah. a, a couple of shredding licks or something you know. But but just watching him with that four by fate, it looked like he'd never held a guitar before. Yeah, that definitely didn't help. Um, yeah, it. it yeah, I think in his mind, because I, I do think, you know, he he's mentally off somewhere, and 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 I, I want to say that a little more delicately because it, that sounds like an accusation. I don't think he's well, and that's my personal opinion. I don't have any insight there, but I, maybe in the back of his head, he's like, "Look, I can get it back. All I need is like two months. I, I'll, I, you know, it's kind of like someone like." I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to join a gym. You know, it's like they just keep kicking the can down the street and all of a sudden <laughs> the, the this day of the show comes up and he's like, uh, I don't think I can do this. I should do something else and I'll just take this money and go into hiding uh, or whatever. But uh, yeah, you're right about that. That show with four by fate. It was uh, it was not a good look for him. I mean, even like it was weird that he like showed up in his kiss makeup, but just like in a, <laughs> in, a in a Vinnie Vincent T-shirt. <laughs> And like he's just up there with these guys that sort of know Ace Freely, and it's just I don't know, it's weird. He had a hard time going dun, 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 on "Look It Up." <laughs> Played three songs, not one with a guitar solo. It's just uh, yeah, very very bizarre, man. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a long list of, uh, of of things. You know, it's funny, but you know, real quick, Go which ahead. is really too bad because I mean, Vinnie Vincent fans have been clamoring to see Speedball Jam live. <laughs> right. all eight I, of them yeah so I, I actually would encourage anybody listening to go to YouTube and look up Speedball Jam and uh, see how far you make it through the 90 minute song that is Speedball Jam yeah I will definitely have to have to look into that and um, the the thing with Vinny it's just like Chris you know Sinzak and, and Aaron Camaro did all of those Vinnie Vincent uh, yeah. you know, specials over the years, and you know that's what I think that's how I found Decibel Geek. I was looking up Vinnie Vincent stuff, and that's how I stumbled upon Decibel Geek. And it was funny that they were from Nashville, and so was I, and we were like knew, knew the same people and stuff. But uh, 
but getting into their Vinnie Vincent uh, specials, kind of going back through them, no one ever really had a good word to say about him. You know, I think Chris and Aaron tried to, you know, shed, you know, they were, they're fans, they're fans of him. So they weren't trying to just bury him every chance they got. They were trying to actually, yeah. like, you know, shed light on the guy and, you know, hopefully people would be into it too. And, and, uh, you know, maybe he would eventually come out and things like that. But, but really he just, uh, he just confirmed everyone's, you know, thoughts from over the years. And, you know, if you listen to those, those decibel geeks, you know, you're going to basically hear the same story over and over and over again. So I don't know why any of us would be surprised that he, uh, you know, he, he, he's shady as fuck. I, I do. Th- I, I disagree a little bit uh, that there does seem to be a different tenor between the people who worked with Vinny before Kiss okay. and the people who worked with him after. Uh, and, and I think I think a devil's advocate without knowing everything, the argument could be made that like, well, something happened there. And then Vinny got kind of hooked up with I mean, Dana Strom doesn't exactly have a, uh, a, a you know, a positive. Right. Uh, right. Uh, reputation in the Indian industry and he was the first guy he hooks up with after kiss uh but i think we're now starting to realize that maybe Vinny didn't have the opportunity to be as shifty and f- fucky as he was uh once he got into kiss and and i don't I look I, I just think he's got some sort of personality disorder uh prove me wrong <laughs> well he's definitely not doing that all right Baco. well what's uh what's the the future of uh of cobras and fire what do we got coming up Oh, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. We got uh, basically uh, we got two episodes coming up uh, that are just basically our standard kind of like we call it the shits and giggle thing where we <laughs> just kind of riff for basically an hour. Uh, you can look forward to that. Um, we got a couple surprise interviews that I probably shouldn't uh, leak out yet. Hopefully they because we're still kind of, you know, they're not recorded. Basically, you know, <laughs> how you of all people know how what can happen between the uh good intentions and in the actual planning but uh uh we have a surprise pod crash back-to-back episodes coming up uh it it's related to rock and pod that's all i'll say there and then of course at some point we got to bring you back on it's been over a year i think uh we missed our uh, rock and roll hall of fame so uh what to me can we guarantee the people that you and i will do a rock and roll hall of fame up again in november absolutely Okay, there drink. There you go. Uh, so th- they got that going on, and we just uh, basically uh, today a uh, loose cannon texted me said he uh, took care of uh, claiming the rights to cobrasandfire.com. So to shorten everything up, if you're ever looking for anything about our show and you like a good laugh and to check out some different music, go to cobrasandfire.com. It takes you right to our SoundCloud page, uh, but it has all of our social media links and everything there. So. Did you, uh, did you, you asked me the question, but, uh, what's, do you guys have anything special for Rock and Pod? We do have a couple of things in the work. You know, um, we, we've always had some fun with merch. We last year we had Shoney wipes, which for people that don't know are basically like, uh, the testicle butt area wipes. Uh, and the year before, the jerk socks were a big thing. So we're trying to come up with something uh, in that kind of vein that people can kind of grab from a table for free and then uh, talk about uh, what, what, what a couple of idiots we are. But uh, So we, we, we do have a couple of things that we're definitely going to be uh, showing up with uh, as far as swag. Beyond that, I just, I'm, a, I'm with you, man. I want to hang out and uh, catch up with people I haven't seen in a while. 
um, uh, taking the pre-party. We got uh, the Rock and Roll Residency kind of playing as themselves. And I've, I've, I've seen them with Gene. I've never got to see them kind of do their show. So I'm looking forward to that. I think Michael Sweet is going to pop up on stage with that. I'm actually looking forward to getting a couple minutes with Michael Sweet. Uh, it sounds like uh, he has a man crush on me, and I want to <laughs> make sure I put a put put that to to rest. Uh, and since Ron Keel's not going to be there, I, I need someone to take a hot tub with. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> Ron's going to be sad if he finds out that you were uh, double dipping with uh, <laughs> with, with uh, Michael Sweet in a hot tub and a couple oh, of Miller man. Lights. Man, it's going to be sad times. <laughs> So who are you floating those beers with? <laughs> uh, well, cool, man. No, we'll definitely uh, miss Ron Keel. He was a highlight last year. Well, man, thanks for taking some time out here on uh, Talk To Me on, on UncontrolledNoise.com. Uh, pick a song off of uh, Lick It Up for me to play you out with. Oh, uh, not for the innocent. Not for the innocent. All right, man. Well, Baco, man, thanks for taking the time, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on, Toomey, and uh, Skull, go Vikes. Let's talk football sometime. Yeah, next week we can, uh, we'll can we break down the, uh, the the AFC West or something. Okay. <laughs> Take care. All right, man, talk to you. All right, huge thank you to Baco of Cobras and Fire for coming on the show. So let's listen to a little kiss off a of Lick It Up. This is not for the innocents.
right, guys, we are sitting here with Michael Gilbert of Flotsam and Jetsam here at their stop in Louisville, Kentucky. Michael, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. It was fun. that We were just kind of talking about it and, uh, you know, the, the personnel changes of the band. And uh, I will say that, you know, you guys, you guys may have had your turnover, but uh, when I had the... Uh, uh, Annihilator on the show. <laughs> Their past members read like a. Uh, uh, it was like, like two a, or three pages yeah. of past members. So, so it's not that bad. But For, it's, yeah, fortunately, it's not that bad. But yeah, we have we have had some personnel changes in the past. You know, from the start. You know, obviously, everybody knows uh, the Newstead story started off with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, up until now, the current lineup. It's probably the best lineup that we've had since, with the addition of Conley in the band and Ken Mary. It's um, definitely a comfortable. Uh, band to play in. Let's talk a little bit about End of Chaos. The the one thing that I've noticed about not only the End of Chaos but so much new metal out right now is the 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 sound of the, of metal currently with the um, recording techniques and the processes you guys have. How has that enhanced what you guys do? Um, it's like it's, it it goes back to the lineup thing. You know, we've got five guys in the band that all do something you know uh whereas in in the past it wasn't always like that you know you uh, so the strength in it is is basically the five of us songwriting skills uh ken mary brings to the band now and steve conley his uh guitar riff writing it uh, that that's that's our strength right now and that's kind of uh, the last record the self-titled record to this one it was kind of a stepping stone to this record this record is going to be a stepping stone to the next one, which is going to be even better. With uh, with this latest album, you had said in another interview that you guys did like forty or fifty songs. Are those like other songs that that didn't make this album kind of carried over to the new album? How are you going to do that? No, we always do it totally fresh. Yeah, you know, unless AK's got something that he's, you know, he's been working on that he wants to throw in there. Uh, me and Steve will start fresh with the riffs and submit them on over to AK. Do you do? Are, like a Flotsam and Jetsam vault at this point? Are you going to, like a Gene Simmons type deal, are you going to go out <laughs> with the uh, Flotsam and Jetsam vault? Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. You know, if, if if we don't work on a song for that year, it usually just gets kind of pushed off, pushed to the side, you know. So we don't work on it anymore. Start fresh every time. One thing I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, you said you joined this band at 17, and then by like the time you were 19, you know, you're on tour with Megadeth. And, and, uh-huh. and you know, like going back to that time, how crazy was that for you at the time? You know, basically joining before you're 18, and then by the time you're you know you're not even 20, and you're already you know world touring it with uh, Megadeth. It was definitely crazy. We had Newstead calling my parents asking if I could go to Hollywood. You know, he was right. telling he was asking my mom, "Can we take Mike to Hollywood?" So I had to get the okay from my parents. You know, and uh, uh, after that, two years after that, we started touring with Megadeth after the No Place for Disgrace record came out. And definitely crazy, definitely fun times, and uh, a really great time for metal. Did you just feel like that was normal and natural at the time? Like this is like this is what I do, or or did you realize the uh, the magnitude of what you were doing at the time? Had no, none of us knew what we were doing. It's it all new. Metal was just coming up. There was no template for it. You know, we didn't. We had no guidelines to follow. We were just going for it. You've, you've mentioned Newstead a couple of times, and the one thing that. I, I really got into metal about 1991, and uh, Black Album, I was 12, so that's like, you know, the turning point from Kiss into like the heavier stuff, and the way I get into a band, I'm going to get into the band, I'm going to learn the members, 
I see Jason Newstead, and I see like, oh, formerly of Flotsam and Jetsam. Who is this Flotsam and Jetsam? And then you kind of go down the, the rabbit yeah. hole, you know, Exodus the same way, and, you know, Megadeth, oh, that's the offshoot of Metallica, you know, the, the kind of the family tree of Metallica. Did you did you always see that as a, as a blessing or a curse, you know, that being kind of uh, lumped it, in with them? It was a curse up until a few years back where I think people finally understood that um, it, this wasn't Jason Newstead's band, you know. He was a member. He was a one-fifth member, just like everybody else. He didn't do more or less than anybody. Um, and I think we've kind of proven that over the years, you know. Not that we really felt we needed to prove it. We've always had our own identity with him or without him. Was the story of the uh, when he went off to audition and came back, and I think you guys had, lack of a better term, a vision board or a quote board or, or some sort of board up. And then it came back, and you guys had some uh, disparaging notes for him on this board. We were always pretty positive about him going. You yeah. know, I mean, who wouldn't take that opportunity <laughs> and run with it? You know, it's a great oppor- opportunity for the guy. And, you know, all we could do is wish him all, all the luck. He's, right. a, he's a, even more than a band member. He's a friend, you know. Yeah. So. so when you guys go out with Megadeth, was there a lot of, like, Metallica talk at that time, you know, with Dave and you guys? No. <laughs> N- <laughs> no. Uh, Dave was always very, he was he was super cool to us. He yeah. was, you know, he kind of took us under his wing when yeah, they did a show in Phoenix. We play, we played that show with them, and then from then on out, he was like, "I'm taking you guys with me." So we did we did a tons and tons of shows with him. So he was always a, he was always very good to us. What year did you leave Flotsam originally? Oh shoot, I, when did I leave? <laughs> they fired me yesterday. <laughs> Every other day. <laughs> uh, I can't, I don't know. It was like uh, ninety seven, I think. Okay. Because yeah, right? I was thinking, you you guys. So you would have been like uh, all the way through Megadeth, and uh, when yeah. you guys took out Corn, like when Corn was a baby band, stuff like that. No, actually, they they took us out. That was a Megadeth tour as well. Megadeth Corn, right. uh, us, and Fear Factory. Right, so. Yeah. And that, that was cool to see. Lineup, it's yeah. been really cool to see Corn over the years grow, you know, because they were they were just totally green on that tour. They didn't they had never toured before. It's like it's what ninety five ish. Yep. Yeah. It's in that. Yep. Because I think I saw them the first time I saw them live would have been opening for Ozzy in ninety six. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were and they were and still they just, just like... <laughs> blossomed. They sprouted, man. So so leaving the band, what you know, what did you do at that point? You know, where did you go? I never stopped writing. I, I was always still doing some sort of music, but I had other things going on. I had personal stuff going on. Kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, divorce, just typical life shit. <laughs> and, yeah, that was that. So they continued. You- they, got a, they got a guy to replace me, Mark Simpson, who did, uh, I think he did, how many, how many records did Simpson do? Two or three? Yeah. But he still didn't play my guitar solos right fucking guy no, I'm kidding he's an awesome musician man he was a uh, super talented guy great songwriter yeah the um, and then obviously ultimately he came back in what 2010 yep so what brought you back to the fold uh, AK called me up said dude gotta get this thing going again so I'm like alright bring it <laughs> you know that, that kind of brings me to that, that point where you know we're, we're at a at an age of do you guys do the Kemper thing, or are you guys still yep. still? So you know, you got Kempers, you got. I, I feel like the, the almost the. I mean, obviously this is a full on tour right now, but a band like Flotsam and Jetsam, a name, you know, can go out and do a festival, do a short run, and you know, with with Kempers and things like that, 
it's that much easier to do this type of stuff. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, everything's portable for us right now. We can throw it on an airplane, and, you know, our guitar sounds, we can take them with us now. As yep. before, you'd have to... You'd have to have something waiting there for you, you know, either a, a some Mesa some boogie or some, or yeah, <laughs> just something crazy. And you never know what you're going to get yeah. when, when it's a, a backline company or a rental company. So the Kempers just guarantee Steve and I have the same sound every night. You know, with the advent of this, you know, does that make you coming back to the band that much easier to do stuff like this, you know? Oh, yeah. My kids are growing up, too. You know, yeah. I can do pretty much do whatever I need to do with the band. <laughs> I think that's a... Even talking to like my cow of Metal Church, she's kind of the same way. It's like, yeah. you know, now all my kids are grown up. I can do whatever I want, and uh, to go on tour. So, so it makes it makes like in this resurgence of like your era thrash metal bands. Yeah. You know, it seems like a, that's like a common theme between everybody. You know, everybody's everybody's home life is at least somewhat settled. You know, the kids well, are a little bit older, things like that. When um, everybody says the Seattle grunge movement came in and it destroyed metal, I don't know if I really believe that or not. Yeah. Um, but there was an, a time when metal was definitely on the, you know, it was going downhill. People weren't listening to it. They weren't buying it. And Except me. <laughs> there, yeah, I mean, there was diehard fans out yeah. there that, that, that kept it going. And fortunately, from what they did, it's on the uprise again right now. It's making a big comeback. Well, I was thinking, I saw, you know, you guys have been doing a lot of touring with Overkill. And I remember seeing Overkill in like 95 mm-hmm. at a 1200 capacity club that maybe had 100 people in it. So it made it look even worse. That shit happens, man. And then, you know, now even those guys are, are probably at some of the uh, peak of their career almost, you know, yeah, like with their, totally. like a resurgence of overkill, you know, of all bands. And and so it's cool to see you guys overkill everybody else kind of outdoing this again. Yep. Yeah. We all have our shows where, you know, there's five people, you know, if it doesn't get advertised, if people don't know, they can't, they can't go, you know, right. so... Uh, it's, it's just it's a tough business especially in the United States that doesn't happen in Europe you know yeah. you play a show in Europe and people show up they're very well informed and they've got their thumb on the business they know they know who's out there they know who's playing they know who's coming to, to visit them in Europe here not so much you know I'm not dogging where I live but I kind of am you know it's right. like no it's, it's it's definitely like that and I remember we did uh, when I was talking about Primer 55 earlier we did a, a, a quote unquote reunion tour in like 07 you know after we broke up for five years and it was the same thing you show up to the club if there was posters everywhere there was going to be 200 kids there but if you show up and there was nothing and you just had a feeling there was going to be five but you know what's weird about those five is those five are diehard fans Mm -hmm. and they're singing every word so it's very odd to try and play a show to five people that are into it but you're also like it's five people you know well you know you never know who's going to show up either that's the yeah. thing you've always got to do 100% show and and make it count every time whether there's five people or 500 yeah. we did a show in Jacksonville a few years back and it was uh, Jacksonville Florida not advertised well at all it was a bad bar it was a bad decision to go there but you know people bought tickets so you know we still played we had the pep talk give it our all you know make sure we do it and we did we went out and we crushed it and jim root was in the audience oh nice you know yeah. so it's like you you just don't know who's going to be watching you right. so always 100 you know pedal to the metal always yeah it's a different it's a different scenario when you're in like a local band playing your first show in front of five people as opposed to what i always said that those guys were that came out to those five ten twenty people shows 
were people that never got to see the band the first time, and so they're they're having the time of their life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even though inside you're destroyed because you're playing in front <laughs> of twenty people. Yeah, so. you got to get over that though. You know, it's like that that it's a hard thing to get over, but yeah, you just you gotta press onward. And, Coming back in 2010, you know, the last nine years of being back in the band, uh, you know, how has that been for you, you know, kind of coming back to what is essentially like, like, I'm assuming a huge part of you being that you joined originally when you were 17? Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was my baby back then, and it, it still is, you know, I wrote a lot of songs in my off time, I never stopped playing, so uh, that stuff got incorporated into Ugly Noise, which is the record that, uh, when I came back, and Newstead's on that too, you know, I had some collaborations with Jason uh, I don't know it's just in my blood I, even if I quit the band or something happened if the band stopped today I'd still be playing I mean there's no way I could I could stop it's, it's a bad drug I guess with the um, the interview you did with Chris Aiken you, you had brought up that you had been doing some EDM stuff oh yeah yeah um, yeah, you know, like sequences and stuff yeah. like that, and kind of nine-inch industrial yeah, nine yeah, yeah. nails. Yeah, yeah. How, how much did you delve into that world? There's some on Ugly Noise, yeah. but uh, didn't take too well with this band. You know, it's not an industrial band, but um, I'm heavily into the Rammstein kind of music. You know, the um, uh, Static X. Do you have your own studio? I know that mm-hmm. there's a Flotsam studio. It yep. said so. So is it your studio or is there's it like three of a, them? Like there, collective? Steve Conley's got one. Yeah. I've got one, and then Ken Mary, the drummer's got one too. He's got he's got the big boy with, you know, with the SSL board. He nice. can do drums there. And so this latest album, did you record this latest album? Is this something or or did, no? It's so, all us. All, yep. You know, was it sharing files over the internet? Was it yep. all getting together? How how was that? Uh, sharing files and then trying our best performances. You know, me and Steve have nice healthy competition for guitar solos because it's kind of a known thing like if you wrote the song if if you wrote the riff or whatever to start the song off that you you do the main guitar solo in it right nice so but we always try to gift each other another part and say hey you know why don't you do a solo here during these times and you know he'll send the wave file out to me and um he'll with this kick-ass solo that he does so i gotta try to top that shit and the next thing you know he's trying to top me and it becomes a a little bit of a competition there and in in the end result is actually the best performances that we could possibly do you know so some of the stuff that i heard on this last last album some of the coolest heaviest stuff i've heard in a long time you know with all the, the noodly stuff and you know the, uh, the 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 guitar work um with every band kind of sounding the same you know, everybody can use the same plugins. Everybody can use the same, you know, guitar tones. We we're talking Kempers and stuff earlier. Uh, now, hopefully, want, hopefully we don't sound the same as everybody else. You know, I, I'm not <laughs> saying that you do. I'm just saying every, everybody sounds good. You know, back in the day, Doomsday sounded good because it because you guys played well. Now, yeah. now bands can sound good and then play live and then be a hunk Suck. of trash. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, you you've seen us play a couple times, right? Yeah. So. I, I, we take a lot of pl- uh, pride in our in our live show, I guess. You know, even though in the earlier days, uh, in the early late '80s and early '90s, we weren't really a studio band. We were right. more of a live band, and so that's kind of where the that's kind of where our our realm is. We're a, a live band. How was Phoenix ten, twenty years ago, as compared to oh, now? It's booming. Everybody yeah, just, thought it was going to be the next LA. Yeah, and. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened to that. It just uh, cycles uh, how 
how things all work out. It just it didn't become that. Every everybody moved there. Everybody's moving from Los Angeles mm-hmm. to Phoenix, but yet it was more like a, maybe a summer home for people for you know the big rock stars right. and the, the LA uh, faces. Yeah, I don't hear about it as much anymore. But you know, obviously Dave Mustaine had their their place there, and you know mm-hmm. Glory and Max Cavalera out there. I think they're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they seem like everybody at one point was in Phoenix. And then I think everybody's in Nashville now. So Nashville is the place. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there for a while, man. Phoenix was like the booming metal capital mm-hmm. of the world. Yep. One, one thing I read on uh, on Wikipedia, I guess, it was uh, was a video was shot at Gloria's club, which I never knew that she owned a club. Was that how I'm assuming her and Max met? Um, I don't know how they met, but we met Gloria. We we played their bar. It was called the Bootlegger, the Bootlegger. back in the yeah. day, and we played there. And we did a battle of the bands, and uh, we ended up winning the battle of the bands. So she uh, put up the money for for us to do the recording, which was our original um, our demo, Doomsday demo, which was four songs, and that was what we used to to send out to Brian Slagle and Metal Blade, and everybody else on the planet got one of those things, and it it got assigned. You know, we ended up getting getting with Metal Blade, but yeah, Gloria is she started that whole thing for us. Wow. So. Yeah, you know, she gets a bad rap sometimes, you know, through Sepultura fans or Soulfly fans. But, uh, you know, she's always been great to me. And uh, Oh, she's and always been great to us, too. She's still, we're still friends, I mean, <laughs> all these years later. So the, uh, the, the, the plans this year for Flotsam and Jetsman going forward? Well, we're going to finish this tour up. we got two more weeks on this thing uh, of the United States and Canada. And then we're off for three trips to Europe. Uh, from uh, what is it July to September and then we're back in the, hopefully back in the states the later part of the year earlier part of next year we got lots of stuff going on man it does, yeah it seemed like everything I read it was like a, you know new album in the works all that stuff and yeah. the, uh, the touring and uh, well Michael man it's been great having you on the show thank you thanks Josh. for taking the time all that good stuff uh, and uh, good luck with everything killer man thanks for having me
this is Kyle from Hell Yeah, and I'm with your boy Josh Toomey with Talk Toomey. Get it. Sort of like deceiving 
All right, huge thank you to Baco from Cobras and Fire for coming on the show. Make sure to check us out live Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern to 10 p.m. Eastern, uncontrollednoise.com. Uh, you can check it out a few different places. There's even a Roku channel. So go to the Roku, go to your smart TV, look up the Uncontrolled Noise channel, and now you can listen to me on your television. Also, huge thank you to Michael Gilbert of Flotsam and Jetsam fame for coming on the show. Make sure you are checking out their latest album, The End of Chaos, out now, AFM Records. And check them out on tour, man. They were they were so good live. Eric AK's voice stands the test of time. Fantastic band. And uh, yeah, so go check them out if they come through your town. I believe they're doing some touring with Overkill soon. So a huge thank you from me to you for checking out the Talk To Me podcast. And so until next Thursday, I am Joshua Toomey. This has been the Talk To Me podcast, and I will talk to you soon.